Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. Welcome back to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond. Today I have a special guest, John Bilger. Is that how you pronounce it? Bilger or Bilger? Uh, Bilger, yeah. Bilger. Right Good. Yeah. yeah. John is the founder of a service that a lot of us use, Predict Wind. I've been looking forward to this interview. You had, a, you had somebody reach out to me. It must be your publicist. But uh, <laughs> she... she I think I've actually had, had her reach out with a few people to interview, but you are special. I'm looking forward to this interview. Oh, thank you very much for having me on your on your show, friends. It's a, a, a yeah, real honor. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see. Okay. So, <laughs> pretty impressive. I'm reading from your website. Actually, you sent me a bio too, but your website's easier to use. You were the winner of the America's Cups in 2003 and 2007. Yeah, that's great. 2003, 2007. Yeah, yeah. Well, tell me a little bit. How did you get into sailing? Let's just start at the beginning. How did you get into sailing? And by the way, where are you in New Zealand? You're in New Zealand. Um, and, yeah, in Auckland. Um, so, yeah, we live, um, live there. It's a great place for sailing. It's, you can sail here all, all year round. And, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, I grew up, uh, my father's a bit of a legend in New Zealand sailing. He's a triple Olympian. And so I used to follow him around all the regattas. And then... Um, yeah, one day he was uh, talking with his crew. His crew was saying, when are you going to get John for sailing? He says, oh, well, he's too young and he doesn't have enough money. So, <laughs> How did you um, ever get enough money? Yeah, yeah. So the next day I I um, came to my dad and I said, look, I've got $250 saved up in the bank. Can you build me a boat? So he sort of felt very bad after me overhearing that. And he, he built me a little optimist. Um and that was the start. The start of me sailing, and um, yeah, went through the whole dinghy scene, and and um, ended up going to the Olympics in '92 with the the, the 470. And uh, yeah, it was, it's uh, been a great journey, and it's also just amazing to see the whole family involved now. Like uh, my wife Tracy, she's uh, she's and you know grew up sailing as well, and and um, not so much on the competitive side, but she's also into the foiling. So I've got one daughter who's Quite falling. We've just been to the uh, the World Championships in the Hague in Holland, um, and the other one's doing uh, wind falling on the wind surface. So it's pretty cool to see the whole. You know, they're, they're, they're following, um, in the same passion as me with sailing, and um, yeah, it's been uh, it's good fun. Well, that's great. I was in New Zealand just before the COVID outbreak, and I went oh, down to the climbing. waterfront and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I went down to the waterfront and went through the museum. The, you have sort of an America's Cup museum down there, don't you? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess that they're going in and out of there all the time, the uh, the New Zealand America's Cup team. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, the, the last America's Cup was just a real spectacular thing for, for New Zealand to have that here. I mean, it's just such a shame, though, with COVID because obviously the, country, the whole country is locked down for a few years. Land, land people come in, but yeah, we had uh, we were official weather supplier for the event. Um, and we had a boat out in the water. We had, we had VIP access on the course, so we're very fortunate to see the boats go flying past at very close range. And 
um, yeah, friends and and uh, you know partners of, of Predict Wind are coming out in the bike. So it was, yeah, it's spectacular, absolutely spectacular. Yeah. Well, tell me how you ended up starting this company. This is a it's a big jump. Of course, you had to know about weather for sailing, but how did you decide to uh, set up Predict Wind? And, and let's first of all talk to people that don't know what Predict Wind is. And tell them what it is. I know what it is, but it's probably better for you to explain what Predict Wind is. Yeah, so Predict Wind is a weather forecasting company. Um, so we pride ourselves on getting the, the most accurate weather forecast data for our customers. Um, and yeah, we, we basically, uh, our main target market, probably more because of our background, has, has been in the, um, the yachting market. So yacht racing and yacht cruising. And um, and that's where our, our, our passion is. Um, so yeah, very fortunate. I mean, I with America's Cup. I mean, I, I landed the job um, in 2000. Um, I was very. I mean, I just basically I was an engineer, had a sailing background. They took a real risk with me to, to to hire me to run their weather program. So I ran the weather program for for 10 years. Um, and uh, yeah, we just had some access to some very amazing technology we we sort of scoured the world for the best weather modeling technology and came across this um weather model from actually from australia from csro in australia which um have done atmospheric weather modeling for for decades and it proved to be you know, very very good very accurate and yeah I, the sailors within the team would go around the world do different regattas and we'd set up the model for them in these different regattas and then my father he he um, did a regatta in the laser. We, we made this prediction for the regatta. He won the event because we made the right prediction. And anyway, these, these stories get out there. And we just thought, wow, it would be, how cool would it be if we had this America's Cup technology that we could make available for the average sailor? Um, and being young and naive, I thought, accurate forecast, how hard can it be? <laughs> so we started the company, or I started the company. Um, and, um, you know, we did it all the wrong way. We should have had, you know, probably investors and you know, hired a huge team. We started off with one developer, one graphics person, and we've, you know, built it up. And now we have about, you know, about 60 people contributing to the, to the product. So it's, it's, that's been great to see the, um, you know, it, 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 we, we're, a, we're a bit of a miracle that we survived really, because, you know, most businesses like this, they fail in three or four years, but we managed to get enough customers to make it work. Um, so, yeah, it's been quite a, uh, quite a ride, quite a journey. Well, you have a freemium model, so people can use your product pretty much for free unless mm. they want to get certain models and uh, certain uh, other things like I did when I wanted weather routing and a few other things. So talk about what the free, free model is, what it includes, and then what the upgrades for the paid model is. Yeah, the, we probably give away too much in the free, to be honest. We, we, you basically get access to all the weather models. So with the uh, PredictWind app, it's mainly targeted at people, you know, for coastal sailing or for just a, any sort of water or land activity. So you go and set your location in the app. So, And once you set your location, you can have up to 12 locations or three locations in the free version, 12 in the, in the paid, and that will give you the most accurate forecast in the world for, for that location. That's using our PredictWind models, and then we also have the European model, we have the GFS model from America, we have the UK Metopus model, 
and we have a model from Spire. So that gives you a little more complicated because we have six models. But if you look at the consensus of that, you can have a lot more confidence in the forecast. So if the forecasts are very close together, which they generally are in the first one or two days, um, you can go, well, this is actually, this is going to happen. Um, and as you get, obviously, week out, there tends to be more variation between the forecasts. So, yeah, in the free version, you get all that. You get uh, you can see the forecast is just like a table of numbers, um, or we actually convert that, that data into words in the daily briefing. Um, and then you can see it as a graph, or you can actually see the, the full wind maps, rain maps, cloud maps. Um, so that gives you a real, real good overview of the, uh, of the situation. So, so yeah, basically the big difference between the, the free version and the paid version is how many forecast locations you can have. And then the one kilometer resolution maps are available in the, in the paid version. And then we have other sort of tools which are part of the, part of the paid version, so forecast alerts. So we can alert you if you, know, if you want to go sailing on a particular day, you want this wind strength or you want it to be not raining. It'll send you alert. Again, you can put a, a, a calendar thing in your calendar automatically. Um, and then we have these really cool tools which actually tell you the fastest way to get from your, you know, from where you're going from to your destination. Typically used for offshore passages, longer coastal passages, or going offshore. And it's like the Google Maps of the ocean. So you you basically put in the performance curve of your boat. Um, so you select your boat type. And then we obviously have the weather forecast in our servers, and it'll calculate from your start where your boat is to your destination. It'll calculate the fastest route or the safest route to avoid wind conditions, and show you that weather conditions along that route for for your boat. Um, so yeah, that's that's one of the tools we do. Another one we do is, is departure planning, which is actually do like a weather route every day, and that will actually tell you the. Um, you know, give you a good comparison if you want to leave on day one or day two or day three or day four. So, so those those tools are part of the paid version, um, but yeah, you can get a lot a lot of information in the in the free version. Yeah. So I saw a press release uh, just uh, I think a few days ago from from Predict Wind that you're going to be using AI and generate boat polars just from the uh, and I didn't go through it too much because. I didn't have time to read it, but apparently you've got a new way to gather the boat polars uh, for predict wind because sure. what that's one one of the big things that your data is only going to be as good as the information you enter about your boat as far as exactly. exactly, and that's been a sort of I guess a big weakness of the weather routing is you you know you select your boat polar and it might be from a you know what they call a VPP a velocity prediction program you know from the designer of what the boat should theoretically do um, in optimal conditions in flat water. But, you know, that, that's not how you sail a boat. And that's not how the boat will be sailed in offshore conditions with swell or how you sail it at night, for example. So we have this product called a data hub, which is just a, like a little, a little hardware device. It's relatively inexpensive, 300 US dollars. And you can install that on the boat and it has an interface to the instrumentation system. So it can interface with any NMEA 2000 instrumentation system and download all the data from the instruments into the device. Um, and then what it does is it averages that data over a minute and then it can communicate with or interface with any other you know, satellite device you have on board like your Starlink or Iridium Go, GoExec, 
or just even a cellular modem and send that data back to our servers every minute. And then we analyze that data, compare it to your the theoretical polar that you've, you've selected. And using machine learning AI techniques, we can either discard it or use it. So, so for example, if you're, you know, you're on anchor, we're well, not moving, so we'll discard that data. If you're, you know, motoring upwind and and um, you know, 20 knots of wind, it'll discard that data. But basically, it starts to the more data you use, it'll collect that data and start to generate a um, a polar for your boat. Um, and it's specifically for your boat and how you sail it. So. You know, we even have a daytime, nighttime polar. So you know, at nighttime you might you might not sail it as fast as you do during the day. Um, and we, which is quite unique about a polar, because a polar normally is describes the boat's performance for you know what wind angle you're sailing at. So you know, if you're sailing upwind or downwind or reaching, and also the the wind speed. So depending on those two factors, it'll give you the boat speed of the, you know of what you should actually do. Um, which is great in flat water, but when you go offshore, the boat polar is, can become completely meaningless. Because if you're going, for example, sailing upwind in flat water, and you might be doing six or seven knots, but in, in a three meter swell, it might drop down to sort of four or five knots. So we use the forecast, wave forecast, to, to basically have a, almost like a five dimensional polar of what your boat should do, not on, only for the wind speed and your wind angle, but also for the um, the wave conditions. So it's constantly learning about how you're sailing the boat in all different wind conditions, all different angles, and all different wave conditions. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, we think it's a world first. Um, we're pretty excited about it. And um, you know we think it's gonna be a, a real game changer because typically people get these polars they select them and they don't modify them. They don't, and it's not very accurate. So here we can, we can make this super accurate. Well, I'll tell you a story about. Uh, I just brought my boat back from the Mediterranean to the Caribbean last last winter, and I used your paid service for the crossing along with the package with Iridium, so that my wife could actually track me across the. Uh, the Atlantic. She wanted me to tell you, thank you for having that, because it really put her her mind at ease, knowing what yeah. the weather was around me and knowing where I was at. Uh, sure. So this is a this is the first time I've come back. I went across the Atlantic in '97, and there was nothing like this at the time. So sure. at that point in time, I relied on uh, ham radio to make contact once in a while, but this was was so easy. However, everybody I talked to that has used Iridium just says it's just not ready for prime time. And I had the same problem setting up my Iridium as a lot of people did. But your service at your company was amazing. Every time I was frustrated and I sent off a, probably too rude of an email, I would get a calm response from whoever it is there. And they yeah. would usually walk me through what my problem was. And your yeah. service was, was spectacular. As far as I can see, uh, that's, that's really heartwarming to hear that because we, we spend invested a, a, you know a lot into the support for our company and the you know support team are just uh, you know you know we're not sort of farming it out to some you know some offshore company we we actually got sailors here we got like 
four, four of our sport team have done Volvo Ocean Races. Um, in fact, we're all sailors, so we kind of know what it's like to be out in the water. We know what it's like to not have a weather forecast and things not working properly. So, so we really try to go the extra mile and convert our customers into fans. Um, so it's really nice to hear that because um, it's certainly, I think, uh, one of the standout differences with Credit Wind is we, uh, we're passionate about what we do and we really try and make it, um, make it easier for you. Yeah. When I was, I knew one of the, the, the toughest legs of this crossing was going to be getting out through the Straits of Gibraltar and down to the Canary Islands. And mm-hmm. so we launched our boat, and we had a lot of strong weather. This is in um, January, I think it was, January. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I wanted to spend some time working my way down the coast of Spain, because it was my last hurrah in Spain in the Mediterranean. I wasn't in a big hurry to get down there. I had plenty of time. But we kept looking at uh, the Straits of Gibraltar and the weather patterns, and I couldn't dilly-dally. There was one window to actually get out through the Straits without the winds consistently blowing in. Of course, there's a three-knot current coming in through the Straits all the time, and you don't get very many days where there's no wind at all in the Straits. So I basically had to boogie down and get out through the straits but your predictions were or predict winds predictions were absolutely accurate right almost down to the hour so fantastic fantastic that's awesome so were you using the departure paying tool there to make that that call uh, i was i was using all the tools that i had available to me and checking them back and forth and yeah and you know basically i had to boogie i planned on spending three or four days in alicante but we get to Alicante, we see that there's two days to get out there. Actually, the next day was not going to be good, but we could get down to Gibraltar and spend mm-hmm. a night in Gibraltar and got up bright and early in Gibraltar and basically got out through the straits. And there was a sort of a hurricane coming on the back leg of that. So uh, we got we got out and we got down there. So that was, uh, and it was the toughest leg of the trip. We had no wind for the first day and a half. And then too much wind as the tail of this hurricane came around but it was blowing us downwind just uncomfortable so mm-hmm. well yeah it's great to hear you I mean obviously really appreciate what we do right it's it's such a big thing i mean if you you stretch your both like you say you get the current going the wrong way and you get the wind going the wrong way that's that's you're going to be forever you're just not going to do it it's going to look going to be it's not going to be fun at all, is it? You know? No, you'll never have enough time to get out there. You'll run out of fuel before you get out the straits. As it was, it still was took forever to get out through the straits and across the traffic pattern there. So, yeah, we used it. I used it. Um, but I got rid of my iridium as soon as I got because I think a lot of boats are going to uh, Starlink to get uh, get their data. And, and you could use Predict Wind with Starlink. You just wouldn't have the... Uh, contract with Iridium. So, totally, yeah. I mean, we, I mean our, we're a weather company, so our, our main focus is, you know, you know, kind of our mission would be making complex um, and accurate weather simple and accessible to anyone anywhere. So whether you get it through an Iridium Go, whether you get it through a Starlink, it really doesn't um, doesn't affect us at all. Um, I mean, I would say that the, you know, I mean, the Starlink is, is, a, is a complete game changer for you know, for people on boats, because now you can actually have, you can run your business from there, you know, entertainment, you can watch movies. I mean, it's, you know, high-speed internet for a you know, pretty low cost, you know. Um, and, you know, we actually, if you do go onto our website, we actually have 
to Starlink in there. We don't sell it, but we, you know, put a comparison against the Go. And I think it's they both have got their place. I mean, the Go is obviously um, very low power. I mean, it's quite reliable. It's it's a very waterproof unit. It's got a backup battery. You can make voice calls from the unit. It's got an SOS button. Um, so there's a lot of reasons to have the, the Go. Certainly, as, at the very least, as a backup. Um, and for some boats that can't, you know, run Starlink the whole time because of the power requirements, um, you know, they need to have the Go possibly while they're on passage. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a case of we've got a comparison there on our website between the two. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think Starlink is is going to, I think hopefully make cruising even more accessible for a lot of people because, like as I said, they can run their business from the boat. Yeah, I'm on your website. I'm looking for that uh, that comparison. Where would I find it? I see products, uh, pricing, yeah, features. You get a products, and then you go down to under hardware, this uh, Starlink. Oh, there it is. Okay, yeah, okay. And then if you scroll down that page, you can see there's a comparison table there. So you can see, for example, the IP rating of the um, Starlink. I mean, the router down below is just like an office bit of equipment, so it's you know not no IP rating at all. And even for the external antenna, it's um, for the standard dishes IP54, which is you know like it's like that's a, a, a hose, high speed pressure hose would actually cause could possibly cause issues for the dish, whereas you know the obviously the, the iridium is IP66, which is you know um, very waterproof. And then yeah, there's just the whole um, you know power. So if you, you know for example if you you know caught out in a lightning storm, you can put the, the go into your microwave. Um, and you know, have a good chance it'll be okay. And if you had any sort of dead ship problems with you know your batteries on your boat, well, you can still use the iridium. Um, yeah, so it's, it's just it's just you know, and, and I've had I mean I've got Starlink kept my holiday home. I think it's fantastic. It's been game changer. But I've had situations in heavy rain where the thing just doesn't work. You know, so you know that's kind of like you know when you need it, you really need it. So. Starlink's great until it's not great. You know, if it, if it stops working, um, then you wish you had your iridium there as a backup. That's for sure. So we're we're kind of we're kind of advocating have both. You know, um, and we're in discussions with iridium about a low cost pan for the Go Exec and the Go for GPS tracking. Um, so you can run the, you know, you can run your Go as your GPS tracking. You, know, you have that on 24 hours a day. It's only five watts. And then for the the Starlink, which is you know over 100 watts, um, you just turn it on when you need it. Oh, yeah. So it takes that much wattage on the Starlink. I wasn't aware of that. Okay. Yeah, the IP rating is pretty sketchy. Um, I mean, I think it's we've had a customer come back with Starlink and, you know, the, the dish is full of water. Um, so it's, yeah, I think, uh, well, anything, even with the Iridium Go, I wouldn't, I would advocate, I would take two, you know, because you know, if you look at the whole cost of your boat, you know, and the cost of an Iridium Go is like, you know, it's it's not that expensive um, in the big scheme of the whole thing. And um, I think for communications, you know, it's it's just electronics can fail, so it's always good to have a backup. Redundancy is good, yeah. Yeah, I think So what do you do now? Are you still a active sailor then? Are you out sailing a lot? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of moved into the falling side of things. So I'm trying to keep up with my my kids. So um, <laughs> Lucy, my older one, she's into kiting, and so I used to kite against her, and we used to race against each other, and I used to beat her. And I think the last regatta I beat her, but it ain't because she 
her equipment fails, and, and then I saw, I said, oh, I've got to change classes here because she's going to definitely beat me. So I tried to race against my younger daughter on the windsurfer, and I beat her in, in, in a few regattas, and now she's just absolutely thrashing me. So probably going to have to change change classes again. <laughs> so we do kite falling, we do um, windsurf falling, and we also do winging as well. So, yeah, we're very... Um, very active. We do, you know, just do some local regattas here in New Zealand, and yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's really great to better, you know, share that passion and some of the stories around the dinner table are quite funny. So it's good. Yeah. You know, when I built my boat, there was one country that seemed to have a lot of boat builders, and you just mentioned it earlier. Your dad built you a boat. New Zealand yes. seems to be the one country where there's a lot of amateur boat builders still out there is that still the case yeah yeah i think i think unfortunately less so like certainly my father's day everyone used to build their own boat it was just like the thing you did um it's kind of a part of being a sailor i think i think now we're sort of starting to lose a bit of that art because i think it's just people don't have the time to build it and they generally you know just go and buy a production boat um and, we, and certainly in New Zealand, we used to have a lot of boat builders, but I think just with different in fact, economic factors, we've definitely lost a lot of that capacity. So it's still there, um, but not as big as it used to be, I'd say, 30, 40 years ago, that's for sure. So the cruising, down, the, the cruising grounds for New Zealanders seems to be north up towards uh, Fiji. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, so it's a very popular trip for, for, for us Kiwis as we um, go up there in the, in the non-cyclone season and, um, yeah, go up to the islands into warmer weather and, um, yeah, either you know, Fiji or, you know, there's, yeah, New Caledonia, Vanuatu or French Polynesia. I mean, it's, um, or Tonga. So, yeah, it's obviously that's the... It's kind of the, the mecca for um, cruising sailors here in New Zealand. So get out of the, get out of the, into the warm weather, the tropics, and um, yeah, it's quite a sort of a pilgrimage each year for a lot of cruising boats. But there's some very specific weather patterns that you have to choose to go north. I remember I was talking to a sailor down there, and he said, "Well, you have to wait till a, a front comes through, and then you catch the tail, and then you head north." I mean, maybe I'm getting it wrong, but it was something along those lines because the prevailing winds are not are going to be against you at certain times of the year up there, isn't that? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, you, you definitely want to pick the time of when you want to go. And, you know, the weather in New Zealand is, is not, not stable. It's, it's, even in summertime, you can get, you know, um, so you've really, got to, you've really got to, you know, just look at the, look at predict wind. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, look at the next seven days. I mean, that's the great thing about it. I think with the, the weather modeling technology is it's come a long way in 20 years. Um, and, you know, there's no excuse to get caught out in bad weather, certainly in the first five days, um, if you look at all the models that we provide. And, and that's that the key is just to, you know, use that departure planning tool, compare the, compare the departure times, and, um, yeah, make sure that you don't get caught out. And I think the, the big thing, too, is what we've worked on really hard in the last couple of years is the wave side of things, because it's generally the waves that will get you, not the wind. Um, and so you were in the past we'd have you know we'd have the wave forecast and they would just provide you with the primary swell um, 
And, you know, some people would, you know, obviously look into that, but not kind of overlook that feature. Um, and now what we have now is we actually have wave modeling. So what that does is hydrodynamic modeling of the boats. You put in your boat types, a catamaran or a monohull, you put in the length, the beam, the displacement. And it actually, we have modeling for, for your boat to tell you how exactly how it's going to react in, in all the wave conditions. Um, and that's not just primary wave, it's also primary, secondary and tertiary wave. So you get these con confused wave states, which can be very uncomfortable. Um, it'll tell you the, the role of the boat. Um, you know, and if it gets above a certain amount of roll, which was three degrees RMS, uh, you know, it's very unsafe on deck. And it'll tell you the vertical acceleration, which is, you know, related to seasickness. Um, you make anyone seasick if you have enough vertical acceleration. And then the, the, the boat slamming, so how much the boat's going to slam. So, so that's going to model your boat for all those conditions and what you're going to have. So, you know, for example, I did a trip from Auckland to Fiji recently. Um, one of our um, guys in the support team is a professional um, yacht captain, and he, I tagged along with him. And, and there was like a three-and-a-half-metre swell, and it was behind us. And I was, this is going to be, you know, what's this trip going to be like? And, you know, sure enough, the roll was below the safe level. Vertical acceleration was below the safe level. And, you know, when we were out there, it was fine. I mean, the swell was a long period. But it's just a really good, um, yeah, just a good sort of uh, check-in of how the boat's going to react in different conditions. Yeah, and I'm looking at your um, your pricing and subscriptions and it's it's fairly cheap for the basic. I'm trying to remember what I went to when I did my crossing. I think I went with the uh, the standard. Uh, yeah, you would have been on the standard if you're using the Iridium Go um, sort of download data here. And that's the most certainly um, the standard, the professional, the two ones that all shore cruising sailors use. Um, you know, because that has the weather routing and departure planning tools. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that looked. That's what I used. I've used it a few times, and it. And in the past, you had to sign up for a monthly subscription, and then uh, it would go on forever. And then uh, I remember one time I got irritated. I said, "I only want three months." But now I see you have three month subscriptions, which is perfect for me because I'm usually not gone more than three months at a time. Exactly. Yeah. So you can have three months, and you can also downgrade to the basic when you when you finish. It gets credited against your your account. So yeah, exactly. So how many users do you have now? Uh, we've got about 800,000 people that um, are registered with PredictWind. Um, I don't really want to divulge how many on the paid service, but um, but yeah, so there's a lot. You know, there's a lot of people using it. It's it's definitely, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's becoming very, uh, well, we think, quite well known in the offshore community. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it's pretty encouraging for us, you know, start from pretty humble beginnings of one developer and one graphics person and and to see the see the see the business grow like this. So it's um very exciting. Yeah. Well I used uh we used Predict Wind on oh last uh last month on the Chicago Mackinac race and it was very frustrating because no matter what we did we couldn't get any more wind out there. <laughs> <laughs> We need to have a new product that create wind.com. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what we looked at, there was no wind where we needed to go. It was very frustrating. So, 
we, you want to use it when there's certain advantages to using it, but there is no advantages. On that. The whole lake was dead. So. And that is frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else would you like to talk about before we call it an interview? Um, let me think what else. I think, I think it'd be good to talk about some of the other features within Predicwind. Okay. Probably people don't really know about. So, so one of one of the big drivers for you know getting Predicwind is safety, and um, and that's what we we we're trying to basically keep you know our, our customers safe out there. I've got a lot of friends who cruise, and you know it's me heartwarming to hear when they come back and say this product's amazing. We just couldn't go without it, and the safety side of it is is huge. So, so one of the things that that maybe um. You know, people not aware about. We also provide, which is not even weather data, AIS data. So you know, everyone's probably got an AIS system on their boat, and that is you're receiving AIS data. So you know, from all commercial vessels, certainly have to have AIS to identify themselves. And that comes in via VHF and gets displayed on your chart plotter. Um, so, but the problem with that, it's just got a range of your, your system. So if you have a VHF antenna on the top of your mast, you might get like, say, 20, possibly 30 nautical miles. Um, and they'll show all the vessels that have IAS in that area. So what we do is we also have access to AIS data from satellites. So that shows well, every commercial vessel has to have AIS on it. So that'll show all the commercial vessels in the whole world that are out there. And we download that data and then we make that available for our customers. So if you're doing an offshore passage, it'll show all the all the vessels within a 300 nautical mile radius. And then why that's a big deal is it just shows you, you know, say you're doing, going over for the night, you can see, well, we've got a lot of container ships coming through tonight. We really need to be quite vigilant in terms of our watch. Or there's, there's a fishing fleet um, ahead of us on the weather routing. Maybe we need change our weather route to avoid that fishing fleet. We don't want to be caught up in their, in some of their long lines or whatever they're doing. Um, and so it's a, it's a great, and it's also really cool just to actually see, see ahead how you go against the rest of the fleet, you know, maybe cruising fleet, some of them they have AS on board and, and, and it can be picked up and transmitted back so you can see, see other boats. So that's an, an amazing, amazing feature. So now that comes down through the through the download of it. Then, if you're using the offshore app, then is that right? You can use it on the offshore app. You can also just use it on our Predicwind app as well. We just go onto the AS page, and you can literally see all the boats in the world using AS. But it's it's, um, it's a really cool feature. Um, and the other one you, you talked about was GPS tracking, um, and I think that's another great safety feature because. It means friends and family can see exactly where you are. They can see that you're still going towards your destination and your boat speed. Um, and the other fact is if you use the, the data hub, which we talked about before, um, you can only see your position, but because you're getting all the data from your instruments, you can actually see the real-time wind speed and direction from your instruments can be sent back, and that's displayed on your GPS tracking page now. So, so that means that people can see exactly what the wind conditions you are experiencing right now. So. That's that's a really nice feature. Um, um, the other one is local knowledge. So we've got a community-based um, feature where basically people can put in all their anchorages, um, you know, marinas, um, 
phishing spots, if they want to, they can keep that information private amongst their friends, or they can make it public to the whole, you know, to all the Brooklyn community. And I'd say that we have the largest database now of all those spots around the world. And it's, it's pretty nice to be able to go to a new spot that you've never been to and actually have the knowledge of the locals. So, you know, we've got all the amenities in there as well. So, you know, if you wanted to rent a bike or there's, there's a huge amount of information in there. And, and what's unique about this is I know there's other services that do do it, is that we have climate data for all those spots. So you can, you know, you're looking to go to Tonga, for example, or some exotic location, and you can see for that location, you can see the 10 year average data for climate. So you can see a wind rose, like the typical pilot charts, um, and, and compare month to month to see which is the best month to, to visit that location. Um, or you can put in a passage, there's plenty of passages already in there, and just see what the average climate conditions are, you know, say if you went in June versus say January. Um, so that's that's a really, uh, uh, we think one of the, you know, it sets Predicament apart in terms of um, having that information. So is that uh, the basic or standard uh, deal that, that comes in? So you can get a lot of information on the free version, um, but to get the climate data, so you get all the information on the free, but if you want to get the climate data you, you, and, and compare month to month, that, that's part of the basic package. Oh, that's, okay. Yes, yeah, that's it's quite, quite affordable. Um, yeah, and then, then alerts. Alerts is quite a cool feature. You know, you might have your boat on a, on a mooring or, you know, it might be somewhere and you might not be checking the forecast every day. Maybe you've got to, you know, just you're leaving it, leaving it for the winter or whatever. Well, they can send you an alert. So if the wind gets above 25 knots, it'll send you an alert or the wave state gets. So they can alert you when, you know, this is actually, you probably need to go and check on your mooring to make sure that the boat's not going to break free. Um, and that's a really nice, nice little feature too. So, so yeah. So we're trying to, we're trying to get basically, we, we, We've, we've got a lot of creative people here. We're trying to um, we get feedback from our customers and, you know, a lot of good ideas filter through. And we say, yeah, that's, that's a fantastic idea. Let's go and do that. So <laughs> we've probably spent way too much money on R&D. Um, but, yeah, we, we're pretty proud of what we created. And, and I think um, we've got a bunch of passionate people um, in the team who, um, yeah, really enjoy using the product as well as um, interacting with customers. Interesting. I'm I'm uh, got my hand my my phone out and I'm looking at Predict Wind app on my phone. I'm looking at AIS data and and some of the information is available. It says here in this one, I'm looking at the Chicago River upgrade to standard or professional to view AIS data. But then some of it is uh, is out there. It's free. So yeah, yeah. So all the boats you can see. Obviously, all the boats are displayed. But if you want to see more detailed information about them in terms of what type of boat it is that's mm-hmm. uh, in, in the paid version yeah. okay well not all of them some of them is uh it's free as well so i'm looking here at a cargo ship and its direction and its course and speed and uh, so it's not some of it is still available even on the free the free version yeah so it comes through from a um what they call a terrestrial station um that's from a land-based station then they have these Land-based AIS receivers, then it is free. But if it comes from the satellite, then it's it's a paid. Ah, okay, paid. okay, that explains it. Great, great service, great product. 
I like it. I think probably most of my listeners that are sailors already use it anyway, so I don't know that you're going to get any new customers from this, this interview. I never know. It might be some people who never heard it. But, um, but no, that's great to hear. It's, it's, it's heartwarming to hear that you're, you're, you're a fan of the product, and um, yeah, fantastic. Well, it's, it's, it's been funny because I remember a couple of years ago I was sailing from uh, Sicily up to Sardinia, and uh, it was a five-day forecast, and there's not much wind, and it did show a little bit of a storm about the third day out. And sure enough, about the third day out, we had a bit of a storm. <laughs> I mean, it was like almost to the minute it seemed to be so accurate. It was uh, sort of takes some of the adventure out of sailing a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess if you don't have it, though, you turn it off, then it makes a... Uh... Yeah, it's also a bit disconcerting too because you kind of be quite reliant on it, right? Yeah. Oh, I'll use it. You know, if you're a good if you're a good sailor, you'll use everything you have available to you. You know, so we're not stuck at uh, sextants anymore. We have GPS. Hey, is there any um, is there any plan to somehow overlay your information with Navionics? Is there something in the works for anything like that? Well, funny you say that. We do have plans to integrate charting into Predict Wind. So, yeah, Navionics charting into Predict Wind. And that's definitely, we've got a, you know, that's all been designed up and we've done a research on that. So, that's on the drawing board. It's probably not going to come out this year, I'd say next year. But um, that's definitely a, a, a big feature. So, that you do your weather route, you can only see it on, you know, just some, you know, basic outline of the, of the, of the land, but actually see it on an actual, you know, Navionics charts. So, um, yeah, I think that'll be a, a real game changer for our customers to better actually use the product for navigation as well. So um, we're pretty excited about what we can do there. Um, and I think it'll be, uh, yeah, we hope very popular. Yeah. That'll be fun to have that. That'll be great. Good. John, what else do we need to cover? Uh, I think we've covered most things. Um, we do have observations, live weather observations around the world, so you can you can see weather stations from all up and down the coast, see weather buoys. And the other thing too is with the data hub, because the data hub is actually sending the data back from the boat, those boats actually appear um, within our observation network, so it's pretty cool. You know, I was up in Arataki this year and doing some kite surfing up there and some winging, and um, yeah, there's a boat in the harbour and it's got a predict wind data hub on it and it's sending wind data back and I can see what the wind speed and direction was so it's um, a pretty nice feature to see um, see observations around from, from boats as they go into offshore passages So what antenna hooks up to the data hub? Is there an antenna or is it just NEMA connections then? So we, yeah so basically to get the data from the instrumentation system it's just a straight N2K cable so you just you use the T and T, you know, T connector from the NTK and it goes straight into the data hub. So they'll get the data into the data hub. And the data hub itself doesn't have any communication. So so that allows you don't have any additional cost there. I mean, if you've got a Starlink on board, obviously you just Wi-Fi connect that data hub into Starlink. Same with the GoExec or same with the Go. Or, or even just if you've got a cellular system, you can connect that up too. So, so it's... Um, it's pretty versatile. It's just uh, it keeps the unit very cost effective, and you're not paying any additional communication costs. 
So I'm looking at the website for the Data Hub, and it's uh, 299 U.S. dollars. And does it come with a web page as well? It says that on here. Yeah, so if you've got the standard or professional version of Product One, which you need for weather anyway, um, we give you a free GPS tracking page with that. Okay. Is there a monthly cost for the Data Hub, or is that just a one-time cost? Just a one-time cost, yeah. Just a one-time cost, yeah. Okay. Blogging? Oh, but you'd have to have some sort of Iridium or something to, to be able to use blogging for something like that. Yeah, you've got to have some communication um, on the boat. Uh, you know, your Starlink or your, your GoExec or your Go to upload things. So, yeah, but the, the GPS tracking page um, has the ability to add a, add a spot or a blog point. Mm-hmm. And that's top your track. And you can add some text like, you know, saw dolphins here, add a photo, and then uploads a photo. So it's a real great way to kind of share share the trip with, with friends and family in a really simple, easy, easy to do way. You don't have to sit down and write a massive blog. You can just write a comment and um, put a photo with it. And then and then as they see your track progress, they can click on the, the blog post and it'll show the spot where that blog post was made. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty cool. Very nice. So this is similar to the the web page that I got with Iridium Go and that pro, that plan as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Did you use the blog post at all when you did the Oh, yeah, I did. And like I say, my wife uh, followed me all the way across and my friends that I let follow me, I didn't let it be known the web page for everybody, but the people that I did read, a, read, a, read it along the way. But, uh, yeah, I used it. My wife, like I say, was very glad to have that web page up there. So... Yeah, it's peace of mind, isn't it? Because you know exactly, oh, they're still heading it, you know, five knots this way and going the right way and all must be well on board rather than if the boat was heading the opposite direction, something's gone, <laughs> something's gone <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, Chuck. Quite a big thing for safety. Like, we've had a few boats that have gone down very quickly, you know, like they haven't had the chance to let off the EPIRB and they've actually used the GPS tracking page to, um, you know, to... Uh, as their last point to try and find the boat. Um, we were contacted by emergency services, this guy rowing across the Pacific and he got lost. His EP wasn't working and we were using GPS tracking pages and AOS to, um, you know, just to find the closest boat in the area to, to, to search for him. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, I mean, it's, it's one of the, I guess the, the great things about technology and, and using that stuff, like you say, you, once you've used it, you won't go back to your sextant, that's for sure. Yeah. So could you use this with just a data plan from your phone then as well? Totally. Totally, yeah. So you use it with just a data plan for your phone. You just Wi-Fi hotspot to your phone. And then if your you know, phone goes out of range, so you're doing coastal cruising, goes out of range, then all the data points are going to be stored on the data hub. Mm-hmm. And then when you're back into range, they'll just get retransmitted mm-hmm. again. So. So that's a very cost-effective way of using um, or getting GPS tracking um, is using the data hub. And, and because it's a dedicated device, it's a Linux operating system, incredibly robust and reliable. Um, so it's, um, it you know, works very well. We've got a lot of those units out in the market now, and um, it's, it's been a great little product. So did you design this pro- product yourself? Uh, I'd like to take the credit, but no, we got some, it was actually... Uh, a friend of ours who actually owned a company in the US and um, yeah, I talk to him almost every day is Louis Soltero and um, he, um, 
he designed the product, it's his idea, designed the product, and he wanted to market it through Product Wind. So we're very, very fortunate to, to have this product. He's got you know, 20, 30 years of experience in the hardware game, and um, and that's why we have this product. So it's just a relationship I have with Lewis. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it looks interesting. I may have to get one. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you, you definitely need one. We, we could... We can do your deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't need a deal. If I want one, I'll just pay full price. That's okay. Thanks. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, very nice. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been very popular. And we, I think the good thing about it is it's just communication agnostic. So it doesn't matter whether you're on Starlink or the Go or the Go Exec or or cellular. It'll work with all of them. And um, yeah, I mean the fact that you can. If your instrumentation system is NMEA 2000, it's a you know, reasonably modern system, you just get all the data coming through. And there's, I mean, if you have a look at the features of it, there's so many things you can do with it. I mean, there's, there's not just GPS tracking, it's a firewall. Um, if you've got the Go or Go Exec, you need to have email. We've got a specific email service for that and predict chat, which we can you know, do SMS messaging and WhatsApp connectivity. And then it does the boat polars, which you talked about, the AI boat polars. And um, and then it can broadcast your data around the boat. So, say for example, you got a chart plotter on the boat, and say if the chart plotter broke down, um, well, this the data hub is getting the data from your instrumentation system. So it's getting the GPS, highly accurate GPS data, and it can send that GPS data through to say your iPad, which may have Navionics on it. And so, the, so your iPad's not just using the the GPS, you know, in the iPad, which can be quite Hit and miss, and a bit inaccurate. Um, it's going to get the GPS from from your instrumentation system, and it's also going to get all the AIS data from your instrumentation system, so that the AIS data and the GPS that you're using is is um, you know is nice and accurate. Because you know we've had you know people using iPad down below, and the the, the the GPS is you know not accurate, which is can be quite dangerous in close situations. Um, so yeah, and then also everything's data logged, so you, it's all, all logged, so you can go back and you know for future reference, if you had you know like a you know an insurance claim where you've had a collision with another boat, you can use that data to um, you know for for, for for that purpose. Yeah. So let's talk about my situation. I'm a very basic sort of uh, boat, and mm. I use um, basically an iPad with Navionics in it, and I have a couple, and that's also what's giving my GPS as a general rule. I also have other GPSs on board, but that's the one that seems to be used on a daily basis. Then I'll have a phone, and I'll usually have a local SIM card in it uh, to give me Internet access when I'm within range. Would the data would the data hub work with that sort of a s- setup, or would I need to somehow get a separate GPS to feed the data hub? So the, the data hub comes standard with its own GPS. So basically you have a, a GPS antenna which you plug into the to the unit and, and that's what you you know, you out of the box you can just use that. Don't have to have any instrumentation system on board at all. So you use that, you use your phone and away you go. There's no no extra extra thing required. But it is better if you do have an instrumentation on board instrumentation system on board to use you know, connect into that. And use the NTK interface because that'll get the GPS from your boat, um, which is you know generally you know installed on deck. It's a, usually a very high quality GPS. 
Um, whereas obviously if you install the, the GPS from the data hub, it's a, you know, it's a non-waterproof unit and it's below decks, so it's not quite as good as having as, as the, the GPS from your instruments. And certainly the GPS in your iPad is a very low quality GPS. Um, and, you know, for example, you know, one customer we had is going up the inland waterways in Florida, you know, using that, Navionics on his iPad, you know, hit the bottom a few times because it was actually, you know, that, that inaccurate. Put the data hub on using the GPS from his instrumentation system, 100% accurate, didn't hit the bottom. <laughs> that gives you an example of how it's actually pretty nice, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the two options. Okay, all right. Thank you, John. Anything else we want to talk about? No, I think we've covered most things. Um, yeah, no, I think it's, um, I think, uh, you know, we just, 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 we've got some new products coming. Um, we've got uh, tidal currents for the whole world. We've been working on that for the last year and a half. So that's going to be, we think, quite a game changer. Normally, there are specific areas in the world where you can get tidal current models, but we've modeled pretty much most coastlines in the world. And um, so that's going to be a really exciting feature, I think, for our customers to see, you know, to see, see a model of tidal currents. And that's actually going to be used within the weather routing and departure planning tools. So, you know, if you're typically a cruising boat's quite slow, and you know, actually have that into the weather routing and the departure planning will, will make a big difference to the accuracy of your trip. Um, yeah, we've got a, uh, a new product being launched called Predict Rain, which has um, got some pretty uh, amazing features of integrating the weather, the rain radar and forecast to give you a, a um, sort of a very short-term rain forecast, very accurate rain forecast. Um, so, yeah, so we've got lots of things in the pipeline, but those are two things that, uh, that I want to tell you about at the moment. But, um, yeah, just watch this space. So who are your competitors? Do you really have any competitors in the field? Well, I mean, I think the, um, there's obviously plenty of weather sites out there, yeah, a lot of them free ones. Um, and, you know, what we, we feel is that we're competing against, uh, against the free stuff. But we... we that's why we've probably gone over the top in terms of features and having the, the best data available so that, you know, people go, okay, well, yeah, I can get this free service, but have a look at Predict Wind. I get so much more. The accuracy of the data is so much better having a top six weather models. Look at the tools that they provide are just world-class and just kind of must-have features. And so that's what we're competing against. We're getting that's free. So we, we're trying to add more features in here to kind of make it so literally like an essential item on a boat that you just, you've got to have it, right? Um, that's, that's the goal. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, I like the idea you have a three-month uh, subscription. It's not that expensive, $99 for the standard subscription, 12 bucks for the basic. But I think exactly. you get so much more for the standard. And like you say, what you've done is you say, okay, get used to using the free version. And uh, when you want to use these other tools, it's worth stepping up for the other tools. I, th I found it worthwhile. So I was, totally. yeah. yeah. So. And we're, we're, we're probably the only weather company in the world that offer like a, a money-back guarantee within three months. 
So if you don't like the service, don't think it's any good, we'll give you money back. And we get very, very few people. I was going to say, how, who, whoever asked for it back? Does anybody actually ask? Very, very few people. So that's sort of how much we stand behind the product, you know. I mean, that's, and that's a crazy thing for a weather company because we're never going to get 100% of the time correct, right? And um, the weather's the weather. There's one last thing I would like to talk about, and I, I've sort of forgotten about, is our extreme, uh, extreme weather notifications. Um, and these are super important because, you know, you can have a day where it's maybe an average, you know, might be 15 knots, and you think, oh, this is going to be a great day sailing. But quite often people look, forget to look for key indicators like, you know, rain squalls, uh, high cape. Cape is convective available potential energy, you know, chance of thunderstorms. And the lightning index, so we've sort of missed these key indicators for, you know, thunderstorms and rain squalls. And what we've done with them, PredictWind, both on the on the PredictWind app, you see that in the tables and the graphs, is we actually highlight that with um, danger symbols, and also on the weather routing and departure planning. So you'll see on the on the map if there's any potential um, thunderstorms or or rain squalls or, or wind against current. Um, that'll show up as, a, as a, a red sort of danger symbol. And, um, and so that's you know, really key because those are the events that are really hard to predict, but you really need to make sure, I mean, you can be in a nice day, but you get a rain squall come through, it can you know, be 25 knots, or you get a thunderstorm come through, it can be, be 30 or 40 knots. Um, and you want to know about those events um, ahead of time. And so that's, that's basically just flagging those things, making sure it's really clear. The other thing we do is we have GMDSS um, weather warnings. So GMDSS is a system around the world that's set up for commercial vessels uh, to keep them safe, mainly for communications. But as part of that, they actually have a um, divided the world into different segments for national weather centres to write written warnings, text-based written warnings for, you know, like there might be a cyclone popping up here or there might be some thunderstorms. And they'll actually write that for this area. So, I mean, if you read them, they're quite hard to read. Um, so what we've done is taken all those text-based GMDCS warnings and convert them into a graphical element, which we display on top of the maps. So if you look at any, you know, wind map or, or grid file from Predict Wind, you'll see those warnings overlaid on top, which is just great. So, you know, I was doing this trip to, to Fiji recently, I talked about and I could see the cape was quite high. You know, I could see there's some rain around. So, oh, it's, you know, it looks like we could have some thunderstorms here. Um, and sure enough, I went to the GMDSS, well, it was the, the overlay on top of our um, grid file, and it showed thunderstorms in the area. And, you know, we did have thunderstorms. So those, those things sort of um, work together well and gives you a really good indication of, of severe weather that could be coming. Now, is this in the free version or in the basic or standard version? So the GMDSS and the alerts, they're all, they're all in the free version, but if you want to click on the alert um, and see what the alert is, you need the basic version. And then you're going offshore, the GMDSS things are provided for free and the, the standard and the professional. Okay. Because I'm playing with my, uh, my handheld one free right now since I'm not sailing. So, yeah. Yep. Looking at it, and I see, I'm. Uh, I notice there's certain areas that I can't download the uh, the winds for right now, but it's because yeah, so the one kilometer resolution maps uh, in the basic package, twenty nine dollars. Mm -hmm. But uh, you should better see on top of your map there. 
you zoom right out to the world sort of view, you'll better see fronts and and. Um, yeah, from where I'm at, I can get out to uh, uh, right about to the middle of the Mediterranean, and then uh, then it sort of cuts me off overall. I can get the North Island of New Zealand a little bit. <laughs> so that's sort of where it cuts yeah. off yeah. me right now. So, so if you're on your, in your wind map, you zoom out on the Mediterranean, you better see you know some areas there with um, thunderstorm areas over looks like Corsica and whatnot. Exactly, exactly. No, no, no good for falling, that's for sure. It's, uh... All right. Thank you, John. Feel free to no. come back if you have new announcements to make. Reach out to me. We'll get you back on for an update. And, Fantastic. Uh, enjoy talking to you. Yeah, you too. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. If you find any of this content valuable and you would like to support the podcast, the easiest way to do it is to go to the website, medsailor.com, and buy some of the audio lessons I've prepared for learning to sail. I have lessons for the ASA 101, the 103, and the 104. Also, if you'd like to become a Patreon, I'd appreciate it. Just click the link on the website. The website for sailing in the Mediterranean and beyond is www.medsailor.com. Again, medsailor.com. Life is short. In the end, all that really matters is the memories you make. So make a few. Go sailing. I'm going to be selling my boat. It's got to the point where my family can't join me on the boat. I've got four grandkids, and uh, my boat is never going to be able to handle my family anymore. My wife is getting to the point where it's difficult for her to get in and out of the boat. She's 70 years old. I'm going to be 70 years old in July. And it's just a lot more work than I can handle at this point in time. It's becoming more and more difficult for me to do all the work on the boat that is required to keep the boat in the shape that I like to keep it in. So I put a web page on the website, which is medsailor.com, M-E-D-S-A-I-L-O-R.com. There's another website called Medsailors. That's not my website. That's a, that's a charter website. But my website is medsailor.com, M-E-D-S-A-I-L-O-R.com. And I put some details on my boat, which is up for sale. If you are interested in possibly buying my boat, I think the best way to really evaluate my boat is to actually sail my boat. And over the next two years, I plan on moving my boat up to Florida or maybe a little north of Florida. If I need to get out of the hurricane zone, maybe up to uh, South or North Carolina, wherever it is where I end up out of the hurricane zone and uh, leave it there to sell it. I'm going to, next year I plan on moving it up to Puerto Rico. Currently it is in Trinidad. So I'm going to be doing the whole length of the Caribbean over the next two summers. No, excuse me. Next two winters. Uh, I'll probably start sailing this next winter in January, maybe the middle of January and sail for two, maybe two and a half months, working my way up to Puerto Rico 
And so people that are interested in the boat, I will give the opportunity to join me for a period of time on that trip up. It will not be free. Basically, I will sell you an option to buy the boat. And if you decide to exercise that option, then the value of that option would be applied to the purchase of the boat. I'm thinking probably $2,000 for uh, sailing with me for a week so you can evaluate the boat. And that would be that $2,000 would be considered a, uh, an option, a purchase option on buying the boat at the listed price. If you choose to exercise that option, then the price of the option would be applied to the boat. If not, then you lose that. I don't want to have people joining me on the boat just to get a free trip. That's not what I want. If I, if I want to have people for, with a free trip, then it's going to be people I know or friends or families or clients. If you're interested, people that are interested in my boat are a very specific group of people. It's a Lyle Hess design, Bristol Channel Cutter, hull number 71. The hull was built at Sam Moore's Boat Company in California. I finished the boat myself. I took five years to finish it. I did a hell of a job finishing it. I'm proud of it. What sets my boat apart from almost all the other Bristol Channel Cutters that are for sale on the internet, is my bulwarks are all teak. The problem with Sam Moore's building his boats in, in Costa Mesa, California, was he used mahogany for the, uh, for the bulwarks, and he varnished them, and they look great until the varnish starts deteriorating, and you have to protect that wood. Well, with teak, you do not have to worry about it. Teak is designed to take anything you can throw at it. I've kept the boat when I'm not sailing the boat under a full cover for pretty much its entire life. So the bulwarks are all teak. You don't have to worry about sanding them. At one point in time, I put a sort of a semi-varnish on it called a Cetal. And it started flaking, and I just let it go. I just let the sun burn it all off. And you just can still see little pieces of it around where the sun never hit. But I don't have to worry about painting my boat and maintaining those bulwarks. That by itself is probably worth at least $30,000 because teak is not cheap. And it's much more expensive now than it was when I built it. But it wasn't cheap when I built the boat. So that's a big, big part of my boat that makes it different from most other boats that you will see for sale. As I put an entire teak exterior the only mahogany on my boat is the hatches, the forward hatch, the middle hatch, and uh, the, the frame around the cockpit hatch. They've been kept in decent shape, in good shape. In fact, I'm having them varnished, stripped down and varnished this winter while I'm away. Uh, the main portholes are unique. They're cast oval portholes with, were cast, custom cast from patterns which were loaned to me by Larry Party. I have a full wind vane, which is the uh, wind vane that Larry Party designed. I built it myself. But Mike Anderson, my friend in Newport Beach, makes these commercially. I built my own, and it works great. It sailed me all the way across the Atlantic. I hardly touched the tiller all the way across the Atlantic. If you want to be a true blue water sailor, you need to have this wind vane on your boat if you have a Bristol Channel cutter. And if you don't, 
then you need to have some sort of auto helm or self-steering. So anyway, if you have an interest in this, be sure you reach out to me. Uh, you can write me at Franz number one at medsailor.com, Franz one at medsailor.com, and we can talk about it. I haven't put together my schedule for next winter, but I'm going to basically break it up into about six different legs. So probably join me for about a week at a time and then move on. Then the next crew would join me and so forth on, on up to Puerto Rico where I, I'm hoping to leave the boat over the next summer. I guess it's not the winter. I'm summering the boat now. 